Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone, and Aaron Gobralis, or whatever it is, Aaron Gobralis. Look it up in your funkin' wagon. I have no clue. I am Ron Kulik, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the murderer of the English and every other language, New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kulik. Anyways, with me, my co-host, the class of this outfit, he is the uh, gold standard in Ghost hunting, the godfather of the paranormal, and uh, he's English too. So, Mr. Steve Parsons. And conveniently, for St. Patrick's Day, he has uh, Irish ancestors. I know you're going to bring that up. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm all on my mother's side, I'm afraid. Yeah. In fact, well, I'm um, afraid. What well, <laughs> has its advantages because um, I mean. What? I, uh, well, I discovered when we left Brexit, um, I found oh. out that I was entitled to um, an Irish passport. Go away. Yep. So, so you, you have dual citizenship? I, yep, I have an Irish passport now. In addition to my normal British passport, that is. Yeah, but it could have cost you, right? They didn't give it oh, to you for free. Of course, it, of course it's not free. Behave. If your um, great grandparents, or you know more like up to and including your great grandparents, mm-hmm. are Irish, which mine are, yeah. yeah, good old Irish Catholics. Yeah, are there any other kind? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the Irish Protestants. Yeah, well, that's Northern Ireland. We don't count that as a real country. Well, <laughs> well. Um, Which I will never ever go there because they won't. <laughs> you won't now. Drag me out and beat me. <laughs> yeah, very. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Mostly thanks to Bostonians giving the um, giving them money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Back in the nineteen twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kennedy's, well, Kennedy's, you know, were very much. Well, tight. it was when De Valera came over to. He was over there for about. A year and a bit, wasn't he? And uh, yeah. campaigning all over America. Give us money. Give us guns. God, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're yeah we're we're under the cruel boots of the English. Oh yeah, and mm. look what America got out of that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't See, know. you you could have had Queen Meghan. No, we couldn't, because you don't even have Queen Meghan. <laughs> <laughs> Of course we can't. You know, it's got nothing to do with Megan. What a that is. I'm sorry. But it's got absolutely nothing to do with Megan. It's purely because Harry's ginger. We couldn't yeah. possibly have a ginger king. That would yeah, just okay. be. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I don't know. It's 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 an American influence. It, it's it's whatever. Yeah, it's the last yeah. time we had a. Uh, you know what happened with Fergie? She never bad mouthed you guys. It's I mean, it's not Fergie, is it? It's. Um, no. I mean, look what happened with Wallace Simpson. Every time an American gets anywhere near the throne, damn, we lose a monarch. Poison. Yep. 
So it'll be. Besides, you anyway. Know. Hey, right. here's an interesting fact for St. Just Patrick's Day. For spear, right? Should we should we stick to St. Patrick's Day? It's safer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Here's the first interesting fact: St. Patrick wasn't Irish. He was Polish, right? He was Welsh. Oh, I knew that. He was. was. He was a he was a compatriot of St. David, um, and he was actually born. The patron saint of the Welsh, right? St. David. Yep. Or is that the <clears throat> no no no? The English have two patron saints. Um, Ooh, surprisingly. Ah uh, who? Uh, we have St. Edmund, who is our original patron saint. Uh huh. Um, and he was he was killed by the Vikings, of course. And um, then we adopted uh, St. George. Oh yeah, St. George and the Dragon. Yeah, I should have remembered that. Mm. That was who's not a, he's not English. I mean, St. George is. I think he's. Well, uh, I, the Brits are freaking French, anyways. So I hate to say he's Eastern European. St. George. You know they used to rule Brittany. <laughs> Who did? The French, the English. Oh, yeah, Eng- England yeah. England ruled more of France than, yeah, um, yeah but than the French England, did. England was French before it was English. They... Yeah, and then we took it back. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a mess. The protagonists and all that crap, it's, yeah, it's a mess. Often it's but then you know, I mean, you know, historical fact, um, which you can yeah. check, you can yes. verify. Uh, St. Patrick was actually born in Wales, and then he went to Ireland. Good. Uh, he was uh, spreading Christianity. He was um, a compatriot um, of St. David, who is the Welsh patron saint. Uh-huh. And um, the, uh, we wouldn't have called, he wouldn't have called himself Patrick. He would have been Padraig. Patrick. Which is, or however the Irish now say it, because they talk, uh, I mean, it's like, like you have Welsh, which is an, exactly. impen- an impenetrable language that sounds like gibberish in fact the last time somebody said it sounded like gibberish they had to resign <laughs> um <laughs> no seriously it was a, the um the we, the one of the bosses of a, of a large british retail supermarket chain which uh, has its headquarters in north wales mm-hmm. said um <clears throat> uh, that the welsh language sounds like gibberish and it does it's all <laughs> it's com- com- but Scotland, of course, has... It's even um, worse. It's spelt like gibberish. <laughs> oh, God. I know. It's actually, weirdly, um, I can read Welsh. I can't God, speak I Welsh, but yeah. I can read Welsh. That's pretty good. Um, because, because, well, I've lived here a long time, and I, I grew up on the borders of Wales, and we spent all of our... Welsh, is she? My wife is Welsh, and my children, of course, are... Well, two of my three children half are half Welsh. Welsh. Half Welsh. Yeah. They're Wenglish. Wenglish, yeah. That's like my uh, son. My son, my wife is French and I'm Polish, so my son is a tadpole. <laughs> well, there we are. <clears throat> there you go. So, uh, yeah, he was, um, he was, because just up the road from me, about 15 miles away, is uh, St. David's Cathedral. And uh, that's where he's buried. Yeah. And very close nearby there was where. So, St. Patrick is bur- buried in Wales? No, no, no. He's buried over the other side. Okay, because you're confusing um, me. St. David's buried in Wales. St. David is buried at St. David's, uh-huh. which is just up the road from here. And it was from that part of Wales that um, they all nipped over to Ireland uh, in the 8th or 9th century and um, spreading Christianity. And Padraig was uh, adopted and became the patron saint of the Irish. But he was Thanks. Welsh. 
You know, I was going to have Jackie come on because I was. Yeah, she would have made a lot more sense of it than me. Well, the only problem with that is, you know, you know, I didn't figure I couldn't find anybody sober in Ireland today, so that's why we're we're talking. They're all they're always sober in Ireland. It's a strictly teetotal nation. What are you talking about? In fact, they don't start. I mean, most of the pubs there. Oh, we've been to some great pubs in Ireland. You know what? You know an Irish seven-course meal is. Yeah, six Guinnesses. <laughs> six six Guinnesses and a potato. Well, we got breakfast. <laughs> so, anyways, we uh, we're certainly going to get some nice PC hate meal on that baby. Uh, no, we're but... not because I'm Irish. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not allowed it, to. Uh, not, not allowed to. Allowed to any. be Irish. Yeah. No, I mean it doesn't matter. You're Irish. They don't. You can't do that. Anyway. That's that's intriguing. So, uh, yeah. yeah so there we go. So as I said, so Patrick was well, as my wife keeps reminding me every year. Yeah. So, actually, John brought this up. We should talk about uh, Irish ghost stories and stuff. Well, and luck- luckily enough, I have a book of Irish ghost stories alongside me. I have one too, but it's not alongside me. But. I, I oh I want to add one more thing is is our parish priest is Irish he is from Ireland he's a Irish citizen and I always love it because well, he's not know, a priest eh? he's a missionary isn't he <laughs> you think if he was sober he'd be no. <laughs> did they still serve did they still serve green green beer on uh, in America on St Patrick's Day yes we do and uh, the, we actually dye the rivers green too. I knew about the well. They haven't done that for years, have they? Yeah, they have. Yeah. They do it every year. Last year, I don't think they did. That's but Philadelphia that does that. Uh no, I think it's up on the, the other coast. It might be the river that burst into flames. I'm not sure. Uh, do you remember that? We actually had a river that burst into flames. No, because it was so freaking polluted. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. I can believe it. I'm going to start off with the with a kind of ghost story, one of my favourites from a place oh. that um, has a what my my Irish ancestry is on my mother's side, uh-huh. um, predominantly, but my I also have Irish land ancestry on my father's side. Hmm. It's not really surprising; most of us in Britain do, um, and they're they're from uh, the other side of the the wall, but. Up, up around the Dublin area, anyway, mm. and uh, that there is a relationship between my family and uh, the founders of the Hellfire Club in Ireland. Oh yeah, I remember uh, you told me that. In fact, uh, you, I, I did a talk. You, yeah, you did a talk on that. Yeah. Uh, one time well, you were here. Yeah, the family. Um, I mean, they used to celebrate. Uh, well, they the the Hellfire Club was founded mm-hmm. just outside Dublin, and uh, they the they met at uh, an old church atop the a hill and it's a church now that it, it's now an abandoned ruin much favored by the ghost hunters but they actually um <clears throat> they actually met more of the time at the old dower house at Killakee, which is at the bottom of the hill i'm glad you can say that i, I would vote you that that's, that's well Killakee and Killakee. Killakee. um when they were doing the archaeological excavations at Killakee House in the 1960s, one of the things that the Hellfire Club were accused of 
um, doing was murdering uh, a dwarf, a man with dwarf, dwarfism, Can you say and that? Uh, killing cats. Oh, uh, that's cruel. <laughs> worshipping the devil and summoning the devil to the... And they would, apparently, when they, when they murdered somebody, they would throw into the grave these small little brass uh, devil figures. Ah. Which you remember a photograph of. I know, so cool. <clears throat> because being a descendant, I have one. Excellent. Which sort of came down through the family. It's sort of over there somewhere. Um, but, I, I saw it for you, Steve. But that was that was that was found under the floor of Killicky House. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But Killicky House is haunted by a cat. Um, oh, so it was house. bought. The house was bought. Oh, I know that's such bad news. Anyway. I shouldn't have done this story if I'd remember. I know. I'm sitting here like, why'd you pick this one, Stevie? You're a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) So if I start crying, you'll know why. (laughs) Pure pure coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, 1968, the house, Killicky House, was bought by an artist, Margaret O'Brien, and her husband. And obviously a lot of work was needed, uh, including archaeological work, and a team of workmen was brought in to help with the renovation and the redecoration. Uh, but they began to complain in the uh, of in the house of a strange presence, a big black cat. But one day, uh, Margaret O'Brien saw the cat for herself inside when all the doors to the outside were locked. This huge jet black cat, about the size of a medium-sized dog, it vanished. But soon afterwards, one of the workmen, Thomas McCassie, uh, who was in uh, in the room by himself working, felt the air around him suddenly grow cold. He looked around, but he saw nothing. From beyond the open door, however, came the sound of low and threatening growls. Then a dark <laughs> figure appeared. Yeah, you know the ones. Then a dark <laughs> figure appeared in the doorway. He spoke to it, but a growl was its only answer. Mrs. O'Brien... Uh, had to have the house exercised, which appeared to get rid of the cat spirit. Oh, that's good. Um, but it's still apparently seen from um, time to time. There we go. Place is still uh, the house is still privately owned. It's uh, not done by the ghost hunters, but the ghost hunters do go up to Montpellier Hill, ah. uh, where the abandoned church was, and um, it's now a ruin. But you know, yeah. um, there we are. So there's your so first gonna, sort of weird, um, weird story. I'm going to talk about church too, but uh, before I do that, I want to mention that Jim Stoney, a member of my team, first... oh, the, guy, the, the one with the very tall ladder. Yeah, tall ladder. <laughs> he does he's got the, He posted this view the other day from about it was about 1,500 feet. Yeah, Boston skyline. Said yeah. he's going to have to show me the top of the ladder next time I come over. <laughs> But uh, he, he uh, we went to Gettysburg with the, oh, Richard Felix, you know, well, and uh, we stayed at this house together. And when we walked in, uh, James, Jim, uh, we said, oh, look at this. They got a cat. And he saw it going into the room and he went into the room after it and there was no cat. <laughs> I, I once tripped over a cat that wasn't there. A dead cat? No, <laughs> no, uh, we were, we were doing an investigation of Chingle Hall in Lancashire. Yeah. And, um, I, it was my first visit there and I, th- there were lots of ghost uh, stories attached to the place, but one I didn't know was, um, that there was also re- reports of a ghostly cat. Uh, 
Oh. Uh, I didn't know that particular story. I knew plenty of the others, though. But um, so in in the evening, you know, we were setting up various bits of equipment in the different uh, upstairs rooms where oh, the yeah. ghosts appear. And I'm climbing up the stairs with a couple of flight cases. Um, and this cat came barreling down the stairs. I had to you know, sort of step to avoid it, misstepped and tripped on the stairs. <laughs> I only stumbled, you know, I didn't fall, but uh, oh, that's a shame. it was like bloody cat. No cat in the house. <laughs> there hadn't been a cat in the house for ooh, a year or more since the last wow. one got squished on a road. Um, but apparently falling, I, yeah, so I fell over a cat that wasn't there. When we were up at the, um, we did it very, very early in my career. Uh, we were at the 1859 house in Methuen, Massachusetts. And it used to be a gentleman's club, but uh, we were up in the third floor. And um, I was out there and, and all of a sudden I could feel something on my leg. And you know, you've had a cat. You know how a cat does not it rubs against your leg when it wants oh, something. Oh, a bloody nuisance. Yes, they I was they just are. doing it before. Yeah, so I was just Feed like. me. So, you know, I says, you're not going to believe this, but I feel like... You reach down to stroke it. It just puts its claws into the back of your hand. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, here's Thank you very much. (laughs) Feed me faster (laughs) next time. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so I says, you're not going to believe me, um, but there's... uh, I I feel like a cat's rubbing against my leg. So Thermal Dam was there, and uh, rest his soul. And uh, he had this thermal imager, which uh, was... You know, it was not like my flare. It was like official fire thing. You could see through freaking walls just about. I mean, the thing was so powerful. It was a great piece of equipment. Oh, I, I digress. I'm sorry. Uh, so he says, Ron, you, you can actually see something that looks like a cat running next to your leg. And so uh, that was always intriguing. But yeah, it's not funny how you, you see animals you, you, or uh, you get hints. Or well, you know, anyway. of, of all of of all of the, you know, people talk about their pet dogs and ghost dogs. And yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think, you know, this story, I don't think cats have to wait until they get squished on roads or whatever cats do yeah. um, to use up their nine lives. They, they are, they are paranormal. And I've said this to many, many cat owners that, you know, you, you have a cat and most people, you know, last thing at night, they, before they lock up, they throw the cat out, put the cat out for the night, you know, off you go, go and do cat things. Whatever cats do in the middle of the night, they sit on the neighbor's wall. Which is wall not sleeping, yap. by the way. I can tell you. No, that. it's not. It's not sleeping. Absolutely no. not sleeping. Um, Having an indoor cat. Oh, the last one was an indoor cat, and oh no, she never slept at night. <laughs> no, they, they, there's something about you turn the lights off, and they start. Like last night, I was. Um, our cat was. Uh, she found a. She has this habit. She she finds bits of um, paper. <laughs> Yeah, they love paper. <laughs> no, now ordinarily you would, you know, pick it up, carry it around, chew it, play with it. Yeah. Not, not our cat. No. Our cat puts both paws onto the piece of paper flat on the floor, and then pulls, walks backwards, dragging with her paws on the paper, sliding the paper along the carpet. <laughs> Right round the room, she'll go time and time and time again. So you take the bloody paper off her. Uh, and then, you know, you, That's funny. You, if you're trying to watch, you know, 
the minute you try to go to sleep, all you can hear from the bathroom is crash, bang, thud. You come in, the, you look in the morning and all the bath mats are all over the place. The towels on the floor came in the other day and the cat was wet. Couldn't figure out why, why the cat was wet. And uh, she'd been, she was sitting in the sink, in the bathroom sink <laughs> with the tap on. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you're not going to give me a bath. I'll give one myself. <laughs> yeah, we've got a cat that doesn't mind getting bathed, weirdly. Really? That's pretty uh, interesting. I, I remember my cat. I had a do a bath one a, time. It's not a favorite thing, but, you yeah. know, there's this thing like, you know, you put a cat near water and you, you, you've you lost the skin off the back of your hand. Yeah, well, I, our cat... I had to do a bath one time and we were in the other room and all of a sudden we heard this whoosh and it went whoosh, yeah. whoosh you could hear the water whooshing in the top and the cat did, flying out of there. Yeah, ours did that the other day. Um, one, of the, one of the boys was running a bath and the cat went into the bathroom because the bathroom door was open. Yeah. And then a couple of seconds later there was a <laughs> and this blurry wet shape shot across the, the hallway. They are funny. Uh, it fell in the back. Evil but funny. <laughs> Completely mad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Irish also have banshees. Hey, wait a minute. I'm talking about something. You know, I, oh, I yeah, go on skip me. Remember? remember well, actually, me? yeah. Actually, the banshee, I think banshee is just an Irish name for a cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a good choice. Well, you put the cat out at night and all you hear from, you know, the, the end of the garden. <laughs> All night long, the cry of the banshee. Yeah, I, I was just, you know, we allowed it on the bed. That's a long story, but we never allowed cats on the bed. But this particular one was able to sleep in the bed. She had her own blanket at the bottom of the bed for her. But anyways, so she she would. She had you trained. Right when we went to bed, she would endeavorly decide that it's time to clean my nails. And then she'd <laughs> sit there and pick her nails. It's like, cat, go to bed. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. I slept yeah. all day. Why should I stay asleep at night? That's a funny thing. You know, there's our cat is in it. The, the present cat is an indoor cat because we've lost mm. a few to the roads outside. So we're going to try and keep this one in. Um, but for as long as possible, we realize in the summer it's inevitable the cat will get out. But um, during the day, we, 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 we went out before lockdown and we would come in on a sunday afternoon and you know we'd been out for a walk or something you cannot find the cat anywhere uh-uh. you look at the beds no cat cupboards no cat the cat bed no cat you four of us the house upside down looking for the cat nobody can find the cat did we, so we're all, did we leave the door open? Did she get out? No, well, it's not possible. Well, she's not in the house anywhere. We've it, we've systematically gone through the bedrooms, the downstairs. Cannot find the cat. So we're like, well, we've we've you know shaken a food bowl. Half an hour later, the cat appears. What was he? No idea. <laughs> Ghost cat must have went to another dimension. Time slip. <laughs> but it, it's now done it three times. It just vanishes. Really? It yeah. just disappears. In the middle of the day, like it's after lunch, spot. it's got a hiding spot somewhere. We just haven't found the hiding spot. Wow, because because amazing. she's quite small, she's still a kitten. She can yeah. get into some quite small spaces. 
But uh, wherever she's going, and then she'll sleep there all afternoon, and then come bedtime, she reappears <laughs> with a vengeance. What's that? I got a note here. Uh, we just got a. You've got clip ready. Okay, cool. Um, the uh, uh, Stephen Scott, uh, he, he, he's uh, doing a workshop with me up at Circles, and uh, he told a funny story about his uh, cat uh, when he was growing up. His when he was just a young lad, they had a cat, and uh, he was came in the house with his mother, and they also had a budgie, which is a bird, I guess. Yep. And uh, parakeet, so, a parakeet, I think you might yeah, call it. They call it a budgie. Uh, but he came in, and the, the cage was on the on the floor, and there were feathers all <laughs> over the place. And he said, "Oh no, oh no!" So so uh, um, then he saw some fur, and then they kept looking. They had a back room. They went in the back room, and there was the budgie or the parakeet or whatever it was in front of the coal fire. Now, luckily, the fire wasn't there. But they're scour- cowering inside the coals, inside the, the, the stove, was the cat. <laughs> <laughs> their budgie's sitting out there pecking at them in, in the air, showing them who's the freaking well, boss. Well, you know, we've, the, boys have, um, the boys have got a guinea pig. Yeah. And um, the cat sits on top of the guinea pig hutch and stares at the guinea pig all day long. So uh, a few weeks ago, we decided... Well, we'll we'll introduce them to one another. Oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> well, so so we got the guinea pig out, we got the kitten, and mm. we put them together, and we stayed, you know, in between right. them to see what would happen. Yeah. And the cat walked over to the guinea pig, and the guinea pig looked at the cat, and the cat looked at the guinea pig, and then they both walked off in the completely different directions. Really? And and now, we, if the guinea pig's out, the cat just they just ignore one another. Oh, that's funny. Just completely ignore, put the guinea pig back in the cage, and the cat's fascinated by the guinea pig. Take the guinea pig out the cage, cat couldn't care less. Yeah, well, maybe just wants him out of the cage, thinks it's cruel that you keep him locked in a cage. Uh, maybe it's because he can't get the guinea pig, or she can't get the guinea pig, which is why she wants the guinea pig. It could be, very small. And now she can have the guinea pig, so now she doesn't want the guinea pig. You know what cats are like? Yeah. Whatever... <laughs> Whatever, whatever you wanted. think, yeah, whatever they think you think they want, that's what they don't want. Yeah, that's for damn sure. <laughs> they are such independent creatures. Feed me, feed me. So you put a bowl of food down for it, the cat walks off. Yeah, I, I just want it hungry. there. Yeah, <laughs> I just want it there. I don't, you know, I'm not our hungry cat, now, but if I'm hungry, be, I want to make sure it's there. <laughs> our cat will only eat if somebody's in the room with the cat. If you leave the room, the cat comes out. <laughs> Bizarre. No, it doesn't like to dine alone, I guess. Anyways, we're to take a break. Are y'all listening to Ghost Chronicles International? And we're talking cats here, evidently. <laughs> and uh, right Stacey, here, we're going to talk about cats. Yeah, right here we're on Tojinet and Parrex Radio, uh, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Log Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our good friends of the Dead Air Society on Patreon, YouTube, become a member. And there we go. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? 
With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. of Ghost Chronicles, the international edition starring New England's very own Van Helsing and the gold standard in ghost hunting. And according to the teleprompter in front of me, I'm to hand over to my co-host who will introduce something. Something. <laughs> so anyways, you, uh, this is St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day and it is a tradition that every St. Patrick's Day I must play this clip and if you know me or follow me on Facebook, you've seen it. But those who don't follow me on Facebook, you're in for a treat. Because this far, every time I hear this, it just cracks me up. So without further ado, Roy, can you roll the tape? Well, just in time for St. Patrick's Day, crowds are coming by the dozens to get an up-close view at what some say is a piece of Irish folk- folklore. Some people in the Crichton area of Mobile say a leprechaun has taken up residence in their neighborhood. A leprechaun. NBC 15's Brian Johnson has more. Curiosity leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community. Many of you bring binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do a look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! Eyewitnesses say the leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. This amateur sketch resembles what many of you say the leprechaun looks like. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image. My theory is it's casting a shadow from the other limb. Better language, better action, more activities, and more individual parties going on. You have better parties, better social life. It's better relaxing. No fighting, no clowning. It's, it's more enjoyment. More enjoyment. We're going to get down to the bottom of this. Yes, yeah, still on there, guy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. 
This guy helping to direct traffic says he's prepared for his encounter with the leprechaun. He's suited up from head to toe. This was our spells right here. This is a special leprechaun flute which has been passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather who was Irish. I just came to help out. Steve, I don't drink no wine. Whiskey is better than either of the fine. I don't shoot no dope. Whiskey is better. Don't shoot no dope. Dope, dope, dope. Others just came to get lucky in hopes a pot of gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a backhoe and uproot that tree. I want to know where the gold is. I want the gold. Give me the gold. I want the gold. This is Brian Johnson, NBC 15 News. People will do anything <laughs> for a pot of gold. I mean, anything. You know what I like? I like the amateur sketch of the leprechaun. Yeah, it looks like somebody yeah. got a really good look at it and got that good drawing out Who there. did that? I want to know who sketched that. I don't know. Maybe Brian sketched it. <laughs> <laughs> Doodling. That was a good story. Please. So that was uh, not the original tape, by the way. You can see they uh, <clears throat> added some things in it that weren't in the original. You can see the thing and see that amateur sketch. If you go join me on Facebook at Ronald Kolick, or you can even uh, go and Google it in uh, Leprechaun in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, it, it's uh, it's one of my favorite videos on that. And it works so well on radio. It does, except for that crap that they, they, they threw in a lot of these the crackhead speaking and stuff, which isn't on the original. No, um, and I've been to Mobile, and there's not that many crackheads there. Oh, you know what? I, I should. Clay lives in Mobile now. I should ha have. A, he has a team down there. I should just send them out there to uh, investigate. Find the leprechaun. Find the leprechaun. Has there well, ever been any leprechaun hauntings? Uh, no, but not that I'm aware of. But okay. I've got I've got a, a good story about a haunting relating to St. Patrick himself. Oh, cool. Um, because according to according to the legend, I'm, I'm sure you're aware, St. Patrick is reputed to have rid the island of Ireland of snakes, toads, and all other undesirable creatures. He sent them he, to us. And he did that by ringing his bell at the edge of a cliff and then throwing it over. And all the creatures followed it over the brink to fall to their death. But the bell was each time returned to the saint by angelic hands. Oh. Well, over in Ireland, um, there's a big mountain called Crowpatrick. And it's a tradition for the pilgrims to crawl on all fours from um, the car park nowadays to the top of Crowpatrick. Mm. It's, uh, it's about two or three miles up quite a steep rocky pathway that's um, devotion but um <clears throat> pilgrims making the ascent of crow patrick have heard the sound of the handbell rung from the top through the mist as they struggled up unlike the snakes they find the sound to be encouraging and reviving and it helps them to complete the arduous climb to the summit of the mountain but there is no one with a bell when they reach the oratory on the mountain top the phenomena has been particularly noticed during the 40 days of Lent, which is right now. Exactly. Wow, that is that is really an apropos story. Mm. Not only is it apropos because it's Lent, it's apropos because it is St. Patrick's Day. Wow, look at that. You hit hit it right on the nose. I'm just looking time. around now thinking, I haven't got a bloody bell handy. I could have rung a bell if it thought. I know, you could have had special effects. No, Dylan would have. 
Well, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> tell, excuse me, the teller of curious tales. Sort of. Now, the teller of curious tales, when he gets uh, when he he, he sober? gets done with sober. Well, when he gets done with whatever he's doing, <laughs> apparently he will be back. Yeah. Yeah. I'll 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 uh, believe it when I see it. <laughs> and an old man. Uh, I've got another one uh, because the ferry what? that runs between. What? 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 I got to sneak one in here. Well, you can do the next one. The ferry Aww. that runs between here and Ireland, Rosslare. Uh, oh, from, you mean a, a boat Pembroke. ferry? Yeah, a boat ferry. Okay. It's called the Isle of Streaker or what? No, the Isle of Inishmore. And Inishmore uh-huh. is one of the Aran Islands, which are off the coast of uh, the, the, the west coast of Ireland. Uh, and an old man had died on one of the Aran Islands. And in fact, it was Inishmore and was duly buried. Uh, following which the wake was held. But after three days, they found a new baby in the cradle that had been empty. They saw at once that the baby had an old look upon its face, and its face was long, not like a baby's. A wise woman who came to the house looked at the baby and said, He won't be with you long. He had three deaths to die, and this is his second. The baby lived for just six years, and then it died, and was surprisingly no longer seen really mm. it's not much That's of a ghost story that really is it because, I mean, like you know oh, oh the baby died and nobody saw it again yeah well it's because they buried it there's a there's a tradition of course that the fairies would substitute uh changelings and and uh take the new babies and Oh yeah, but but that's actually that's there's there's more changeling stories in the west coast of the uh, Wales than there are in Ireland. Oh, you're such the, a homer. No, the stories are very <laughs> similar because the two countries. I mean, we are twenty something miles from Ireland. Yeah, and Stone's when we throw. and when we when we it's, uh, it's Sarah Palin says you can see it from my window. You can in fact see Ireland from the uh, top of the hill behind our house. Um, see on clear days but nonetheless um they share a, a common sort of folklore and ancestry and whenever i've been to ireland and we've been speaking to um to, to friends over there who who like jackie who knows all about irish folklore because she's a folklorist yes she um is. we we were surprised i was originally surprised at how many stories are um familiar in ireland that are told to the welsh we even have common names for things like um well we used to have um, back to cats again the a few years ago we had a gray cat and it's sadly no longer with us because it moved out um, yeah that's what cats do <laughs> this one sort of adopted a neighbor and moved out but we called the cat because it was gray we called it puka P-W-C-A, which is the Welsh word for poltergeist. Oh, cool. Um, when we went to Ireland and we were telling them about the name of our cat back home, Puka, they went, oh, you called it after a poltergeist. Huh. It's, so the, same, it. it's yeah, the same, same in Welsh and Irish, yeah. yeah. And there's there's other similarities. Like, um, you know, that's not Bullback. uncommon, though, because you figure there are, in, in like even Japanese, they have... Uh, English words that are in it because there are no other translation to it, so they're kind of the same. So, well, I mean, uh, you've got geist and ghost, yeah, because yeah. the English language has got d- d- German sort of derivations to it, yeah, but anyway. not that one. All right. I got a, I got a, uh, I got a one. This is, oh, uh, 
St. Michin's Church in Dublin. Dublin was founded by the uh, the uh, Vikings, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. I did. Did you know that? I did. You did. Actually, Dublin means Blackpool. Ooh, very good. St. Mike... Uh, Saint Slint. Mike. Slint is pool and Dove, Dub is yeah, like Irish for black. Any of that. Like it's in Dublin. <laughs> well, in Do- in Ireland, they don't say Dublin. It's they, they call, it's called something else, but Dublin. Dublin. Anyways, it's Black Saint Mitchum's. Saint Mitchum's. I think it's Mitchum's. In Dublin, is a famous for many reasons. The church was built in 1095. Contains the desk mask, death mask of Irish patriot Wolf Tone, and the organ on which Handel practiced the masterpiece Messiah before his first performance in Dublin. Ooh, there's a little bit of history there. That was his anyway. first performance in Dublin. He did actually perform it um, in... I know you didn't say that. Uh, no, in England. <laughs> um, the main port to, to Dublin from England at the time was the town of Parkgate. Uh, Parkgate is on the Wirral where I was born. And it was actually also famous because it was the birthplace of Emma Lady Hamilton, who was the um, the one in the menage a trois with uh, Horatio Nelson. Uh-huh. But when Handel was was Excuse waiting, me. You know I was here. You jumped well, on. I know, my but story. when Handel was waiting to sail to <laughs> Dublin to perform the first public performance of the Messiah, yeah. He gave uh, a, an impromptu because the ship was delayed by bad weather. Mm-hmm. So he went to Moston School and he performed the Messiah at Moston School with the school orchestra and choir before he oh, went wow. to Dublin as a practice run. That is a bit of information. You know what? You're starting to pick up my bad habits. You know that, don't you? What, of knowing stuff? No, I'm interrupting. That's what you accuse me of all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, got, I've decided the, the best way is to fight fire with fire. Oh, I got it now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the renowned, we're talking about uh, St. Mitchum's Church in Dublin, um, the renowned uh, Anglo-Irish philosopher Edmund Burke was christened there as well. And the, uh, he is the legendary, uh, and also the legendary uh, political, nationalist political leader, Charles Stuart Parnell's funeral took place there. So that church has got a lot of history to it. But St. Mitchum's is also well known for being haunted as well, because it is the home of the mummies of St. Mitchum. Mm-hmm. The dark church vault contains remarkably preserved corpses, including those of a 400-year-old nun, brothers and leaders of the 1798 Irish Rebellion, John and Henry Shears, and the body of several severed the body with severed hands and feet. So they have, they must've cut their hands and feet off. Huh. Well, the, uh, them in the coffin. Oh, okay. I got it. The, okay, they were that big. Huh? The cadavers in the crypt are cold and clammy and the air in the space is oddly warm, which uh, makes it a strange to many visitors having uh, felt icy cold fingers run down their necks as they stoop to examine the corpses corpses. Others say they've heard disembodied whispering voices around them, while others simply have felt strange, cold presence. Ooh, 400-year-old body, that's pretty old. That used to be, um, 
I think they've stopped now, but um, when I was in, the first time I went to Dublin, that was open to the public. You could go down inside and uh, look at the view the mummies. Really? Yeah, but they stopped it now, I think. Well, they probably stopped everything because of COVID, but I don't know. No, no, no. Uh, a couple of years Slipped ago, I think. A few bucks in here. I don't, I don't sure. know why they've stopped it. Maybe they haven't, but maybe it was a temporary interregnum, but um, I, I did go down because it was part of, you know, it was. So you actually got to see these? Yeah. It was a cool? tourist attraction. Were they pretty cool? Uh, it was interesting because yeah. they were very well preserved. Hmm. And they, there was, there's, there's been a lot of um, questions about why are they preserved? Because, um, you know, ordinarily they should have rotted away. Yeah. That's usually what they um, call they, saints. They think it's something to do with, um, what was it? Something to do with, is it tannin from oak that's hmm. in the coffins or something? Sort of, oh, it's tanned the, tan their hides literally well that's pretty cool well that's one theory anyway yeah do you know on a side note that uh there's actually uh this this gentleman was was at this museum checking out some stuff and he came across something that appears that the man uh early man in new england uh were still around when the woolly mammoths were around there's um is it somewhere in europe they found cave they found cave art where they uh, they've got stick men attacking mammoths yeah that's kind of uh, cool isn't it? and in fact in fact i think isn't it isn't it fairly well well accepted that the mammoth was actually became extinct because we our ancestors killed and ate them all I don't know that. I, I'm not aware I, of that. But I, but I believe that that's one of the theories. That okay, I, I would believe I think, it. But I think I, it's I think sure it's accepted so. because the mammoths only died out about ten thousand years ago, and we've been around for about forty thousand years, and it's been. Well, suggested. it seemed like this was a big discovery. They said that it was. Well, in New England, it would be, but I think in parts of Russia and Eastern Europe. Oh um, yeah, Russia would. Yeah, I know they found they've... preserved. They keep oh, digging yeah. them up and they've got yeah. like, you know, perfectly preserved stomach contents and they found a little baby yeah. one a few years ago. Yeah. Little cool woolly. stuff. Yeah. Um, do you want a ghost story from the Antrim coast? Why not? Well, this is about the ruins of Dunluce Castle, which is picturesquely set on a crag above the sea on the Antrim, which is the west coast, separated from the mainland by a deep cleft and reached by a narrow bridge. The position is literally above the sea, since beneath the castle rock is a cave, which is directly open to the sea, and a handy route for access or escape in times of trouble. Dunluce Castle was often involved in both. There's Cal again. Hello, Cal. It has been a fortified site since early times, but most of what can be seen today was built by Sawley Boy, or Yellow Sawley, MacDonald in the 16th century. Close by, an armada ship, the Girona, was wrecked in 1588 and some of its cannons were salvaged and were mounted in the castle as part of the castle's defences. Apart from the toll of sieges, Dunluce suffered a natural disaster when on the night of six, in 1639, part of the rock facing the sea collapsed, taking some of the castle buildings, principally the kitchens and the storerooms, oh. with it. Many servants who were busy in these rooms when the disaster happened also disappeared. There was no warning and many were drowned or crushed by the falling rock and masonry. The kitchen and storerooms were rebuilt, but visitors to the castle, particularly 
at twilight have said and claimed that they've heard the cries and sounds of lamentation not coming from within the castle precinct but coming from beyond the edge of the rock and although these have been dismissed as wind effects they've also been noted at times when there is no wind and the sea is flat calm after 1642 the mcdonald's the though the whose descendants founded mcdonald the aircraft company which became mcdonald douglas no longer no that's mcdonald's oh so this is the mcdonald's as in mcdonald douglas oh never mind um no longer the, the family now no longer obviously live in dunluce castle and uh, the bits that hadn't fell into the sea fell into decay there you go that's pretty cool the lamenting voices of dunluce so today i'm going to take you to oh god why do i get these rin rinvile house in galway i'm not helping you out r-e-n-v-y-l-e rinvile yeah rinvile house in galloway is a charming royal royal rural hotel but its guests include william butler yeats and have experienced some frightening experiments inside the charming walls of this house uh, the hotel had an eventful history, uh, having been burned to the ground by the IRA in the 1930s. Before this, the famous Dublin surgeon, poet, and pro- poet Oliver St. Gogarty, G-O-G-A-R-T-Y, owned the property. Several of Gogarty's servants reported a fearful presence in the home and reported bed sheets inexplicably flying off the beds and doors opening and closing on and owned. One night, God Garrity, whatever the heck his name is, even experienced the ghostly presence himself. The Irishman woke up by heavy, limping footsteps along the hallway, slowly approaching his door. Goggily lit a candle and went to That's investigate. four different ways you pronounce his name so far. I, I can't say the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jock, oh, goggly, anyways, uh, lit a candle and went to investigate the strange noises. But as soon as he entered the corridor, the flame blew out and he was alone in the dark. Goggity's <laughs> said his limbs became heavy as, he, uh, as if they were being exercised by rubber ropes. I don't know what that means. Uh, supernatural activity at Renovile uh, increased when Gargory's close friend Yeats and his wife Georgia uh, came to stay. Yeats and his companions were sitting in the library at the home when the door suddenly creaked open. Though his friends were terrified, Yeats raised his hand and shouted, Leave it alone! If you go away uh, as it came, oh, go away as you came. God. The door then slammed shut. Uh, Yeats held a seance. Ooh, seance, in which a vapory mist appeared and eventually assumed the form of a ginger-haired, pale-faced boy who looked Prince like, Harry. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> who looked to be about 14. Yeah, that's Prince Harry. Um, he had a solemn pallor of a uh, tragic tragedy beyond the endurance of a child, Yeats later said. Poets can't talk in English. Of course, I can't either. Uh, Yeats later said 
uh, discovered the, the boy was a member of the Blake family who originally owned the house. Uh, Renville House was soon uh, burnt uh, to the ground by the IRA after that and then rebuilt. The ghosts still roam the corridors today. So how badly did I butcher that? Very. Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> We've just lost every Irish listener this program had. I, we lost them when I said a six-pack and a potato for a seven-course meal. <laughs> yeah, because they don't have the potato, of course. They would have had a whiskey chaser. Uh, yeah, see, that's an hey, that's that's American joke. WB Yates, WB Yates story for you. Oh, cool. We were just True talking one. about Yates. Funnily enough, you you are aware of his huge importance and fame. And regarding Irish history, yes. he, is, he is the most famous poet. You know, the, yeah, his works are in the museums and the the the, the right. state libraries. Well, <clears throat> not long after I moved to West Wales, we visited a small and tumble down bookshop where I had spent uh, some months training training the owner to save me interesting books. And he gave me on one trip in there um, two exercise books small very neatly written exercise books and in it were a set of instructions for doing the tarot um all written all written this was written uh anyway the contents of the book were were um before the master tarot was produced by the golden dawn for the golden dawn tarot Mm -hmm. um and predates that um and it gives the name of uh, Frata and then Fraspe, I think it was. Anyway, <clears throat> as being the author of this handwritten, uh, inked, ink-written um, exercise books, a pair of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a little while later, I was thumbing through them, and I thought, who is this person? Because it's So I, I went through, the other, uh, through books and records of the Golden Dawn, of which Yates was a member. I mm-hmm. hadn't made any. I, mean, I wasn't looking for Yates. Turns out that these two exercise books were written by Yates. Or, well, that was my hypothesis. So I went. They weren't to, handwritten, though, right? Uh, yes, they were handwritten. Oh, wow. So I went to the Dublin Museum archives, um, where they mention uh, some of the records that they have, and they talk about these handwritten exercise books, which he was quite fond of writing in. And they have some examples of them. Um, and they are exactly the same make type of notebooks. And the handwriting is, appears the same. Mm, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, one of his, one of his, one of his uh, notebooks had got, had got out for auction about eight or nine years ago. And mm-hmm. it went for something like 45,000 euro. Mm-hmm. And you have yours, so evidently they're not originals. Or else you'd be These are absolutely them. original. You'd be selling them by now if you were going to get forty-five thousand. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you why I haven't. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I haven't. One day, and it's all Is due to a theft. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all due to a theft which took place in Dublin in the nineteen seventies. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. I got it. <laughs> I think nudge, you could fill in no fill more. in the blank. Yep. Nudge, nudge. See no more. <laughs> That's why I can't sell them because they might be. <laughs> Yes. Okay. State property. Hmm. Moving right along. We have to yeah. do, wrap it up. I, did I? Fortunately, we don't have any listeners and nobody ever bothers with the podcast. So that story will never come back to haunt me. What a bit. 
<laughs> regretting all, I'm regretting saying well, that now. We chased all the Irish people away so that, you know, we yeah. won't have any problem with that. Well, we chased them away when you said Happy St. Patrick's Day at the start of the show. <laughs> That's what's a bit brutal. Anyways, uh, we do have we'll to wrap it up. To. You've been listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles International <laughs> with uh, Steve Parsons and myself, Ron Kolick, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, not the Andover, Massachusetts. And uh, we've been talking about St. Patrick's Day, and you can. Keep these shows coming by uh, joining us on Patreon. Become a member of the Dead Air Society. You hear next week and find out which other native European language we butcher. We'll destroy, uh, or I will, anyways. <laughs> I give you credit. You do much better than I do. So uh, yeah, you can become a Patreon member and David stay soon. See, you can see, try your hand at Welsh. See awesome, <laughs> see awesome exclusive footage that only. Um, our Patreon members. We have to do see. the killer. You've got to do the killer doll for that, yeah. The what? We've still got to do the killer doll for the Patreons. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We have to do that. But we have to end the show, too. So, anyways, thank you all for listening. And have, I hope you had a happy St. Patrick's Day and kisses, kiss a snake or something. Kiss his ass. Asp. Asp, I asp. said. Asp. Yes, he said asp. I heard him. Kiss his asp. Good night and God bless, everyone. Good night. God bless. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.